Okay, May. Yeah. So, I'm really grateful <laughs> that you're here uh -huh. to share your story with me. <laughs> we're always so awkward when we're together. Um, I just love you. Um, from back in the day when we would do the sign language. I know. With the church singing and we would sit and try to learn sit this. in the sign language section. We were pretty good. I, we think we were. Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. think anyone told us differently. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. You've always just been um, a very happy person uh -huh. and fun. And I know we kind of went to different schools and ended mm -hmm. up making different friends. And I think we both definitely went through a party phase. Yes. And I tried to work where you worked, but my parents wouldn't let me. And I was so mad. <laughs> they were better parents. <laughs> <laughs> they would they appreciate you. you favor. <laughs> I was really upset about it because I really wanted to work there with you. Um, but I know you told me like, that your environment, and I think it's really important because like I have a brother-in-law who's in food and beverage and mm -hmm. a lot of people in that industry. You know, I have a friend whose husband just had to quit his job because when you're in that all the time, and even me working in a restaurant, it's like the stress from dealing with your customers mm -hmm. and like just the alcohol being around and just the lifestyle can really kind of overtake you without you really being aware of it. Yeah. Um, I got thrown into it at a very, I was still a teen, um, 18 and on, and it was, you learn, you're still at a very learning age, even though you think you know it all. Yeah. And you're impressionable, and I remember you go in, and you're pretty much, you're told in a way, you're only a pretty face, like you are to do this, this, and this, like if if they buy you a drink, you have to drink the drink. If they say this, you have to go with it. You don't have a say, you don't get anything like that. And so you get pushed into this environment. You're basically like a tool to sell more alcohol. Yes, you get to keep the party into this going. environment where all of a sudden, I remember there was one day and years had gone by and I was still here because the money is great in those locations. And I remember there was one incident happening over here and another one over here and I just remember being like I am so numb to the fact that it's like I'm in the middle of hell like it what were the instances do you want to talk about it I don't want to say them because in any way it would offend somebody it's not what I was trying to do it was right. just one of those things that I knew from what you grow up in morals and all that that you learn it's surrounded like any anything immor immortal? Immoral. <laughs> Immoral. <laughs> Is what was around me and you just and I was fine with it. Like you were just so And it was that I remember being like, Wow, this is not what I grew up like. And yeah, because how did you grow up? Your dad was really strict, right? Oh, and like um, bluegrass in the Bible. Like yeah. <laughs> that's all you get. Uh I mean, homeschool, private school. Yeah, anything. I forgot you were homeschool. Yeah, they put uh, flute, piano, dance. Yeah. Nothing of worldly things almost, I feel. Do you think just, that that kind of like made you want it more? Like, do you think like the way you grew up, like 
made you want to like? I don't know if it was that. I feel, I that was one of the things I think, you know, growing up and navigating life, you go back and forth with, but I, I'm so grateful that I was so grounded from like such to have a the foundation that I've never, I may have gone down horrible paths, but you came my back. faith in El never wavered. Like that never was like a question. That's so cool you say that because like you hear, especially having kids, like raise up a child the way that they should go. If and they stray, always, yes. mm -hmm. it's a, like they'll, they'll come back. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like, you know, I'm raising my kids to know God and Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it's like, mm -hmm. am I indoctrinating them? Like, should I like give them all the world religions and let them pick? You know, yeah. like there's all these different approaches. But that's really interesting you said that because I think that was my saving grace too. Yes. Is having been brought up in the, the principles and morals that I was brought up in that, yeah, I partied and got mm -hmm. wild. But then I was like, okay, this can't be my life. Like this mm -hmm. can't be forever how I choose to live my life. Yeah. And that's really a, a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. So you were in that situation, you were like desensitized to everything going on around you. And so you didn't have any like conviction to leave that lifestyle or to make any changes? Um, I did, but it was the money that would bring me back. So I had Emma at I had just turned 21. I mean, I was eight months pregnant at 21. Um, so anything needing to be done school-wise or anything to move as an adult. To I like have another got, job. I kind of got stuck backwards and it was my way to still be able to take care of her and know, okay, if I have to go to school now, then I'm not gonna get all this done and it, it it's like a battle like well yeah because you, you need money to raise a child mm -hmm. and if you're making good money mm -hmm. but in the same sense I was not taking advantage of the people I had around me that were helping me that I could have easily done it like gone to school mm -hmm. like I had my grandparents around at that time my mom was a huge help at that time so there were people and I was using them, but I was using them to still be 21. To still, yeah. So I wasn't the greatest, I guess, as you could say. I still, I mean, loved Emma. <laughs> right, of course. Like, never didn't, it was just. So walk me up to like the, the time before your head injury. Um, I was working VIP, which means in any place that you work at, you're working with the higher end of clientele. clientele. Like what um, were some of your clientele? Like athletes and things like that? A lot of athletes, uh, majority athletes, and then just business people who are, you know. Very well off. Well off, so um, in that, again, like I said, most people were buying bottles. Well, they had to, actually, they couldn't just buy a drink. You're right. Um, and they always made you a drink, always made you a drink, always just, you know. So I am 4'11", and at the time was maybe 99 pounds, so didn't take very much <laughs> to, like, get me over. And um, I was asked to work a golf event 
um, which is normal when you're in that industry. They do tons of golf events for all, you know, things. And it was, I was a caddy girl, so I was to be with people. They would just switch me in and out and making their drinks in their own golf cart the whole time. So you were hopping from golf cart yes. to golf cart. Yes, and of course they were, you know, making me drinks at the same time usually probably way heavy-handed <laughs> right and I think I was probably way too drunk before even noon because golf usually starts pretty early well that's a big thing to drink and play golf mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people would play golf if it didn't involve drinking honestly mm -hmm. like the majority yeah. so so you were hopping from golf cart to golf cart you were having fun and you were just mm -hmm. doing your job yeah Having? Tons of people I knew. It wasn't like I was around a bunch of strangers. It was like regular anything. people yes, who would come people, in and be with you. Um, people I also worked with. No one out of the ordinary was with me. And then what happened? Um, I needed to use the restroom. And we were on a really big golf course. So um, they didn't want me to go alone, obviously. Um, so they had somebody that I did know and felt comfortable with. That you work with. Yes, take me. Um, all that went well. Um, this was all later told to me because after this point, I don't remember. You don't remember. Um, you don't remember, like you remember having to go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. but then you don't remember after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we get back in the golf cart to head back. Um, from my understanding, they came to like a fork in the road, obviously, and um, we went to go right, and they realized we needed to go left, so they turned the wheel really quick, which wouldn't be a big issue if I wasn't like the smallest person ever at that time, and I flung out. I um, thought for some reason you fell in the bathroom. A lot of people did. That was a huge like back and forth thing uh, that I fell in the bathroom and it's not what So I you did. flew out of the golf cart? I flew out of the golf cart, but um, when I flew out of the golf cart, my foot was stuck kind of in the window part. So I got drug a little bit as well. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> uh, but he, I guess, had stopped the golf cart immediately and, you know, ran over and said, you know, oh my gosh, you know, probably freaking out. He said I had jumped up, like just jumped up. And probably like, just adrenaline okay. yeah, when those okay, things happen. I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, and sat, I got back in the golf cart and uh, all of a sudden he said I just pretty much just passed back out. And um, he went to like the nearest hole where he saw people we knew and I think they were pouring water on me. And he, if I'm correct, wasn't telling anyone I fell because we were in our young 20s and I'm pretty sure he was probably completely freaked out. Just didn't know, so they just think Oh, so I'm he like, didn't know, no one knew that you fell out of the golf no. cart. No, so I, he, I think, just led people to believe I was a you I were was just drunk, drunk and passed out. So they, I guess, were throwing water on me and um, eventually everyone, was around me and I only know this because I had eventually I later on saw like some video footage of the situation and I'm completely laid out in the golf cart and um, everyone's just kind of laughing about it because they just think I'm wasted what is it like to watch that bad oh I cried 
I, I was crying. Yeah. It was not Because it's like dehumanizing almost, mm -hmm. right? Well, and these are people I thought were friends. And whether I was drunk or not, you know, I'm Passed now out. completely alone. Like I an unconscious. No idea what's going on. And uh, in the video, I see the person that was with me get in another golf cart and leave. So they abandoned you. Like to get out of the situation. Um, they ran. Yeah. But in the same video, I see another great friend of mine at the time. He just miraculously showed up to this event. He wasn't even a part of it. And he puts his hand in the camera and yanks it down and is yelling for people to stop. He then, I guess, told them, I'm gonna take her home because again, everyone just thinks I'm drunk. He had called my mom and them and was like, look, I have Megan. I'm just gonna let her sleep it off, whatever's going on. Oh my goodness, and no, this guy just didn't even yeah, tell anyone that he knew. Um, it wasn't until we got to the house and I think he had someone else with him um, that I again apparently jumped up and kind of like woke up and came to. And he said he kind of was like, wow, this is a weird kind of drunk because I grabbed him and I kept crying, don't let me die. And he didn't, he just didn't know like <laughs> what was going on with me. Yeah. He was like, okay, let's, you know, go lay down. Yeah. And uh, it was then that I then went to vomit, which most do when they're drunk yeah. or something. And he went to hold my hair back and my head flapped open. <gasps> I know, it sounds really gross. So like your head like back here just mm -hmm. opened up? Yes, yeah, so this whole back was just, he, my skull. So it hadn't have been bleeding or anything that it anyone? It was. I had really dark hair, and so my hair was wet. They just all thought I was sweating, and then once he went back to the car, he saw in his seat there was blood where my head had been. Um, so he immediately was like, okay, you know, how do I tell her I have to take her to the hospital? And uh, so he gets me to the nearest one and uh, called everyone that needed to know, and uh, the hospital, you know, pretty much, you know, I had to go in all the machines and all the stuff, and I had a fractured left temporal, which is this whole side, and uh, a damaged frontal, and then 17 staples in the back of my head. Um, and they had to take rags to like clean all the blood like out of my head. Um, and if he hadn't have showed up and I would have just stayed there, that I would have bled out. You would have died. Yeah in the heat, bleeding, head open. With the guy who was with you gone. Mm -hmm. So what, I know that there were like, like it was a significant head injury. Yeah. Nobody, so that's the thing I guess that I had to learn the hard way. Uh, when it comes to anything to do with the head, the significance of what happened a lot of times isn't seen immediately. Right. Um, because it's all brain and you have to kind of go with each day to see how it's gonna unfold. And so did you have to spend some time in the hospital or were you able to go home? Yeah, I was in ICU for a little bit because um, obviously they have to monitor for anything. Like brain swelling, right? Yeah, brain swelling, that was a big one. I had to keep going back and forth a lot, um, you know, to get um, spinal taps and all that to check 
even once I was out. To see if there was like an infection or something? Infections, all of that, because it was an open wound. Um, but it's more or less a lot healing on your own. Okay. At home, which I was really bad at. I kept going, I just kept thinking I could do everything. And then I'd end up back in the hospital. <laughs> they were like, you have to lay down. So wow. they had to like really knock me out pretty much for a long time. So obviously you felt abandoned, betrayed, mm -hmm. alone. And you said that this helped bring you back to your faith? It did for a couple different reasons. One of the things, and it may have been insignificant to other people in the room, but to me it was huge. Um, the doctor at one point said that my fracture was a millimeter away from completely cracking and me would, I would have bled out quickly. And a millimeter. I looked at that as, wow, he re God really had to drop me on my head and like get me that close <laughs> to like open my eyes and uh, and then Emma, I remember I kept thinking the whole time, like they would be like doing things in my head, like, I gotta stay alive, I gotta stay alive. For your daughter? Yes, kept thinking of Emma a lot. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I know, like, God definitely had a hand in sending that person to mm -hmm. get you that day. Mm -hmm. And I know it had to have been really painful to see yeah. your friends mm -hmm. and that betrayal there yes and did you how did you cope during that healing time with everything that you had gone through um, and kind of like it's, a big it's a hard thing because you can't I don't and again I don't know if it's everyone with a head injury but apparently it is something that is known I didn't get a chance to fully deal with the situation during the healing because um, I, you, you're very preoccupied. I mean, you're very medicated. You're very um, just alone. You can't. Like you, isolated. You're very isolated. And then I went through something called psychosis, which is apparently something that does happen during the healing of a head injury. And tell me about that. Um, well, it started with one night I was obviously laying down because can't do anything else. And it was as if you're hearing um, like, like a tapping, like on the wall, like very close to me. Like I just heard like a tapping out of nowhere. And I remember being up and I'm like looking for the tap and I feel like it just keeps running away from me. So I'm like looking like a crazy person, like up against the wall, <laughs> like trying to find this noise. And so I would just finally just leave that room. Be like, okay, I don't know what's going on in there. And then I would hear as if like a water faucet is dripping or something. Just and like hear noises that weird, weren't there. random, just wow. inconveniences. And uh, it got to where it, it becomes uncomfortable. You know like something's not right with it. And I remember I would um, blare Christian music in the house. That was the only way I would feel comfortable or sleep. So did you ever take any medication for the psychosis or no they said uh when i went to the neurologist he pretty much said it is a normal thing and it, it it's something that goes away with healing and time um and the christian music helped it helped me in the sense 
whatever I was feeling was around me, I didn't feel it was a positive thing. And, you know, it's, it's not even that anything was trying to personally attack. It almost just felt like there was dread or saw, like just a Like a bad energy? All like, around, yeah. Like a... All around. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know, like, they say, like, with postpartum depression and stuff like that, like, if you don't treat it, it can turn into psychosis. Like, psychosis is, like, a real thing that people mm-hmm. deal with and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone else talk about having mm-hmm. it and worship music, definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so how long did, did it take you to heal from your head injury? I think fully to be more human again, uh, a year, about a year. And how, how did you deal with like your friends that you thought were your friends? Like you really had hard, a hard truth of like that veil being removed, like these people aren't my friends. I don't think I handled it well, um, but it, it it's such a blur and I don't really, remember too much i know that i did eventually have a talk with the person who was in the golf cart with me and it was years later when the truth was finally revealed to me um what had happened because it was years that no one was really talking and you really didn't and i heard every rumor that was out there which was the hardest because you're like are any of these true is any of this real like really what happened and Um, Once I feel I I knew that, I still had to sit with it for a little bit, but I don't feel it. I really got fully better and from the situation until a few years ago that I just. You were able to kind of cope with it. Mm -hmm. And what happened? What happened a few years? Did anything happen or? I think it was when I had spoke with that person and I was finally able to just learn like to know what and get process it myself yeah um, that I was able to really get through it but is there like a bible verse or a prayer that you would say that helps you I don't have a bible verse or prayer specifically that I have ever just that's my go-to because everything changes and there's I, I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible and you find something brand new and amazing each time. Mm-hmm. And I think the most that I learned and one of the biggest stories I think I've gotten from the Bible, I actually ended up getting it on me. It's, And I remember the tattoo person was like, nobody ever would put this on their body. <laughs> what is it? So it's Hold a, it up. It says unworthy. So again, like you said, no one would ever. <laughs> like most people would get worthy. <laughs> exactly. But there's a story in the Bible about Peter. And when Peter was, he was also crucified. And he did not want to be crucified the same way as Jesus because he was unworthy to die like Christ. And I feel it's a lesson for all of us because I feel everyone thinks of their life is something amazing which it is but it's amazing for the whole picture there's so many other little things 
and everyone thinks they're the great one, this amazing person or whatever. And it's, it's like a humbling, grounded, bring you back to reality. It's not all about you. Wow, what a takeaway. Because like the world we live in now, you know, it's like everything is just so hyper-focused on us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so unhealthy in so yeah. many ways to like mm-hmm. put all that pressure like on your life story and yeah. you, you know, to have that kind of approach is... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the most insignificant thing can happen to someone and they think it's like this massive thing and we've all done it. And then, you know, we grow up and we're like, oh my gosh, I was upset about that. <laughs> like, it was nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's my humbling. One thing I want to talk to you about is because I think a lot of people our age, not to like throw this on the spot, but a lot of, of women our age, maybe of all ages, um, I think friendship is a huge struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because it's like you have this idea of wanting to have like a real friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we get that a lot. You know what I mean? As far as like a friend that will endure through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I know you've gone through changes with friendships and, and disappointments with that. And so have I. And Jesus is supposed to be the great, like, the Bible says he's our greatest friend that we'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And do you think that we kind of falter in thinking we can get that from people? Hmm. That's a good <laughs> I don't know if I would say it's a fault. I think it's human. To do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, just like marriage. No one's going to be exactly what you like perfect to be or want them to be it's a it's a back and forth did the person that um was there when you fell did he say he was sorry absolutely so he's a changed person you'd Um, say yeah i'm i'm sure i mean it's been a while but uh even through all of it um while i was healing he was always um very there for me I think internally he was probably fighting with his own demons of what was happening and I'm pretty sure once I was told the truth it probably made him feel a lot better too Um, so I'm sure I I, you know everyone had their thing and that's why I said he was young scared probably freaked out thought he probably was going to get in like so much trouble were you um were you ever resentful to him or did you ever blame him or were you ever mad at him? Like, did you oh, need to- Oh, I think I blamed everyone at one point in my life. Do you think when you talked to him, you were able to finally come to terms with forgiving mm-hmm. him? Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I don't look at him as a bad person whatsoever. No. Yeah. No. Any, I mean, anyone involved, honestly. I mean, I hope everyone's doing well and are there any like lingering effects that you have to your yeah um i lost uh partial hearing in my left ear um so it's really funny like when i'm at when i'm sleeping at night or in bed and matt's trying to talk to me like, what? What? um you use it to your advantage you put them over here no, I'm my i know my uh sense of smell went away 
Um, and then I really had to work on my short-term memory for a long time. That took a lot of, uh, you could say it while I'm writing it and then having to go back and it was like training my memory to kind of keep all that stuff again. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you, would you say looking at your life story that that was probably one of the most impactful things in changing your life? It was, and it wasn't just because I fell and, you know, lived or anything like that. I, I completely changed my lifestyle. Like, everything flipped. I stopped drinking. Um, I, I never drink. I mean, it's funny because Matt will have a glass of wine, and I just, I don't want it at all. Um... Being out at any social event, whether it's a charity or not, does it weigh higher than putting my kids to bed? You know. Um, so, like your perspective. Yes. Because would you say before it would have weighed higher? Oh yeah, yeah. I would want to get in the fancy dress and get ready, and and now it's it's I've taken a from being outgoing to almost very introverted, and maybe I'll need to find a happy medium, but. Uh, for now, I feel, as long as to me, and I feel it's for anyone, if you can go to bed at night and feel you took every minute of that day and either did it in a way that made you feel happy and good, then that's all that matters. If it means being an Uber to my daughter's cheer back and forth, like then that's what, I, that's what I'm doing that day. Or Do you think because of your head injury, you find joy in the simple things? Everything simple. Oh my gosh, anything simple. The sun could set a totally different way and I'm gonna be like, oh my God, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you just appreciate things Everything. more. Everything, mm-hmm. You yeah. have like a new lease on life. Like mm -hmm. you're grateful for that millimeter and you're gonna that enjoy it. That millimeter, and I am grateful for a little thing. So like, I heard someone one time say, oh, I would never buy a, a secondhand like ring from a pawn shop and I'm like, why it's got a story, like, give it a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see that maybe it's weird and a little off and quirky, but it's, I don't know. It changed your perspective mm -hmm. on life. Yeah. Wow. So you're raising your kids and teaching them about God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they ask questions that, um, you know, every once in a while, they're, they're just different humans, you know. My daughter's one that, she'll ask and then she'll be like, I don't want to know. I'm going to figure it out on my own. Like, you're like, okay, but can I kind of help? <laughs> Why? But it's, you know, everyone's different. Have their own past. So again, you know, you try, like you said, do you raise them to, you know, only believe this or it's everyone's, I think they'll naturally kind of show you where they need to go. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your tattoo. <laughs> I think we can all really relate to that, and I think that's a really good reminder to not take yourself a little too seriously or yeah. enjoy the simple things, right? Yes, everything. Well, thank you again. Thank you. You know I love you. <laughs> and thank you so much for hanging out with us today, and I can't wait to see your comments and how this was impactful, and we'll see you next time.